1: New arguments for equality are emerging from economics and the social sciences, and a growing consensus has emerged that inequality is a threat to both economic development and democracy. But there's less agreement on the sort of policies we need to tackle inequalities. The political philosopher John Baker advocates the introduction of a basic income scheme as a step towards a more egalitarian or fairer society. He points out that there is an economic justification for such a scheme, but the main rationale, he says, is from a human rights perspective. Before discussing the pros and cons of basic income, I asked him, what is equality?
0: Well, I think there are lots of different understandings of equality, or what philosophers call conceptions of equality. Um, The one that I particularly um, believe in is what we call equality of condition, which is that overall the social conditions of people's lives should be equally good. So that includes not just conditions like their material condition, their income, and their access to public services, but also certain social conditions like their relationships with other people, the amount of power they have in society, the conditions of their working and learning, and that kind of thing the critics
1: of equality often think that as a as a very one-size-fits-all philosophy and i suppose immediately people think of of applications that have happened in down history and attempts to impose equality is that a misinterpretation of what equality is
0: well i think that when you think of when you mention these examples of people trying to achieve equality often people think of a ca- of cases where there's been an attempt to achieve greater economic equality, say, through the very oppressive use of state power, right? But if you think of equality in a kind of multi dimensional way, so that you're, you're, you want not just equality in mate- people's material circumstances, but also in terms of power, so you're a Democrat also in terms of respect and recognition, so you believe in diversity and accepting people in their divergent um, attachments and cultures, then you have a very different understanding about what what the agenda is. And of course, you have to reject the oppressive use of state power, which is anti-egalitarian, to achieve something else that may be egalitarian. You want to try to find a way of achieving all these different aspects of equality simultaneously.
1: I just explain then equality of condition what, what's your understanding of that is it, it's quite a, a demanding um, type of quality but you, I think am I right you argue that once you start thinking about equality or we accept any type of quality, you kind of drift towards that as a as a conclusion
0: yeah I think I mean equality of condition is just a kind of shorthand for thinking about what if you take equality seriously you would be looking for in each of these dimensions of human life so If you want everyone to have the prospect of a decent life, then for sure they have to have certain material means to doing that. They have to be held in respect rather than in contempt by their associates. They have to have access to the love and care of others and to some sense of fellow feeling with people and so on. So all those different aspects of human life are necessary in order to create the conditions under which people can have a decent life. And it's that kind of complex connection of all the different reasons why you might want to put in place the conditions for people having a flourishing life that leads you to these egalitarian conclusions
1: the objections are, that often arise are, are the practicality of this and, you know, how maybe do you get quality of, of love, for instance? How, how do you ensure people are, are brought up maybe in a loving environment? Everyone enjoys the same sort of advantages. And maybe this leads into another interest of yours, which is basic income and sort of having equality of, I suppose, basic needs being satisfied. It, that's per- perhaps one of those, those practicalities that needs to be overcome.
0: Well, I suppose... The first thing I'd say about that is if you don't put those objectives on the table, then you don't even start thinking about the practical problems, right? So, of course, all of us, when we're thinking about what a good society would look like, what a good world would look like, then have to face the question, well, you know, how can we feasibly bring that about or do as best we can at bringing that about? Right? So if you start with the idea that human beings, it's in our nature to need the love and care of others, then of course we aspire to a world in which everyone has that love and care. Now, human nature, human life being what it is, we may not be able to achieve that, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have it as an objective that we try to see how we can achieve. Now, one, way, one reason why some people lack the love and care they need is because they grow up in circumstances of extreme poverty and deprivation, and for one reason or another, their parents and other people around them aren't able to give them the love and care they need so there's a very strong connection between the material circumstances of people and these emotional needs that people have
1: I'm wondering possibly are some of these objections to equality actually just a, a lack of ambition if you like that maybe the people can see the, the, the arguments and, and accept maybe the arguments but just the practical realities then hit people in the face and say well this just can't possibly happen
0: well I'd love anti-egalitarians to be clear in distinguishing whether they agree with equality in principle and then think, oh, there are practical objections, or whether they're actually anti-egalitarians in principle. Um, I think most people who raise these practical objections actually don't believe in equality in the first place. If they are serious believers in equality as an ideal, well, then you've got a challenge of how can you arrange the way the world works in a way that does better from the point of view of equality than does worse.
1: As you mentioned at the outset, there are different types of equalities. And and if you like, there are a number of people campaigning for equality of different things, whether it's equality of gender, equality of race, um, income, and so forth. Again, the critics often talk about an equality industry and equality mindset as a a disparaging term because they sort of say, well, look, how can you believe in all these equalities? Um, What's your response to that sort of criticism? And is there an inconsistency, let's say, in believing in one form of equality and not believing in another, if that's the right terminology to use.
0: Yeah, well, I think when people talk about equality, there are two kind of broad categories of sets of distinctions. So on the one hand, when you say, well, people talk about gender equality or racial equality or ethnic equality or something like that, there you're talking about the equality and inequality between people who belong to certain different social groups. And then for sure, some people prioritize equality in relation to sexual orientation, say, over equality in relation to ethnicity. My view would be that there's no incompatibility between seeking gender equality, equality in relation to sexual orientation, equality in relation to ethnicity, equality in relation to social class. In fact, all those equalities are consistent with each other, so there isn't, isn't an inconsistency. But for each of us, our own personal biography might lead us to get more involved in the struggle for one of those than for another. Then on the other hand, there's a set of distinctions that has to do with the answer to the question, what is it that you want equality of, right? So as I've said, you know, when you're thinking about equality of condition, I'd say that you have a multiplicity of answers there. You want equality of income and wealth and other resources and equality of respect and equality of love and care and equality of power and equality of the conditions of working and learning. But other people might say, well, all we need is equality of opportunity and then we can have inequality in all those other things. Now, I think that there there's, um, there is a potential conflict between believing in a certain kind of inequality, equality of opportunity and believing in equality of condition but when you think through that tension all the arguments come out in favor of equality of condition
1: well you might talk a bit more about that because there'd be a kind of a popular argument to say that meritocracy is something that's valuable and and a kind of a meritocratic society where everyone gets the same opportunity gets to start at least on the starting block the same point but after that you're on your own and let the those who work harder or have those added advantages that natural advantages perhaps gain more in society uh, and that there's an unfairness then that comes in if, if one tries to manage it to remove those advantages or to level level it off for between those who worked hard and those who didn't work hard. Um, so is there a sense that fairness in that sense might be a, a more valuable than, than equality?
0: Okay, well, let's suppose that your principle is that everyone should have an equal opportunity to succeed in this sense that people should start equally but then they should be free to do as well as they can. Right? The very first problem that you face is that in a deeply unequal society, people aren't starting equally. So of course the children of people that are living in, you know, Ranla, Ballsbridge, Fox Rock and so on are starting with massive advantages over the people that are living in Ballymun and Tala and so on. So even if you believe in that equality of opportunity principle, you have to argue in favor of a much more equal set of conditions between everyone in society in order to ensure that people can start off on an equal footing. So that's a really important problem with the idea that you can have equality of opportunity and still have massive inequalities of outcome. I mean, there's another aspect of equality of opportunity that is a little bit more controversial for people to get their head around, which is that the standard idea of equality of opportunity is that, oh, it shouldn't matter to your success in life whether you come from a rich background or a poor background, but it's perfectly okay for it to matter that you're born with certain talents or that you're born without those talents. And my question to somebody who holds that view is, you know, what distinguishes in your mind between thinking that it's unfair for people to be advantaged by their social circumstances, but it is fair for them to be advantaged by their God-given talents. A lot of egalitarians say, well, both of those are outside your control, so neither of those are fair.
1: Where does basic income fit into all this in in your view? Because it's one thing, obviously, you've done a lot of campaigning on.
0: Well, I think that egalitarians of many different varieties do believe that one aspect of equality is that people should have certain basic rights. A lot of those rights are embodied in documents like the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Right? There are things like the right to vote, the right to free speech, the right to an education, the right to clean water, and all those kinds of things. So when you think through all those rights of citizenship, of or just of humanity, then it's, very, it's a natural progression from that to say, well, a lot of these can be encapsulated in the idea that everyone should at least have a right to a decent standard of living. And the idea of basic income is that when it comes to those aspects of your basic standard of living that rely on your having an income, everyone should have an absolute guarantee that they're going to have enough income to meet those basic needs. Now, the specific proposal of basic income, which is that the best way of satisfying that is to just guarantee everyone a weekly income that is sufficient for that, is one particular way of institutionalizing that fundamental principle that everybody should have enough to live on.
1: Okay, let's say I'm an anti-egalitarian and I've accepted the the merits of that argument and now I've hit the practicality uh, obstacle. Um, How practical is it to, to introduce a basic income scheme or how would we go about funding it?
0: Yeah, well, I think that people sometimes misunderstand the overall cost of a basic income scheme. I mean, in terms of income, the overall distribution of income under basic income needn't necessarily be all that different from the distribution of income we have now. I mean, people who are in work would still get paid for their work, right? Um, they will get taxed to provide a basic income, but then they get a lot of that tax back in basic income, so their net pay, what they get at, at the bottom line of their slip, would be pretty much the same as it is now. Right? Um, people who are on pensions or people who are getting unemployment benefit or so-called job seekers benefit, they would just get that payment, but it would be Redescribed as their basic income payment, so it's really only in term, if you look at it statically it 's people who fall through the net at the moment, who aren't getting any kind of support, who would get support under basic income, and that would be a bit of a net cost. The main thing about the basic income scheme is that it changes the conditions under which people get this guarantee of a basic income or a, a decent income. And so it gives people a lot more flexibility around the choices that they make so that if they have to drop out of paid work for a bit in order to look after someone or to go back to education or something like that, they feel secure that they can do that. Um, and at the same time, people who are unemployed and who want to take up work can try to take up work without losing their sense of security, because they don't suddenly lose their um, unemployment benefit and then are at risk that if the job doesn't work out, then they have to go through all the old rigmarole of trying to claim it back and so on.
1: I mean, as you describe it, it's a relatively modest proposal. In a sense, it's creating equality of opportunity rather than some sort of communist-style equality of, of condition across the board.
0: Yeah. Um I mean, I'm not sure I can call it equality of condition a communist-style idea, but, um, but it's true. I mean, basic income as such is not a radically egalitarian idea. Right? In fact, there are lots of proponents of basic income who come from the political right as well as from the political left. I think of it as the logical next step For anyone who believes in certain basic human rights, whether it's the right to vote, the right for an education, the right to clean water, the right to decent housing, and so on, that this is just another thing that anybody who wants to live in a civilized society should want. And then it provides a platform under which we can then fight out these um, further political issues about how much more equality we want in society, um, how much. Uh, inequality we we want, whether we want a more market-based or a more public-based system and so on.
1: John Baker, thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,